0: welcome to the doc g show a radio show cluster without further ado critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films your host ben doc g gordon and we are on the air welcome to the doc g show i'm your host Doc G. With me, as always, is the man who once watched some of the world's worst
1: drunken line dancing in history huh? with me, Mr. Dave Burls Berlin. Even though the line dancing was awful, we sure had a great time, Doc. Yes! It was a good time. It was a good time, and I mean, you know, I didn't know that
0: still occurred. Nope. You know, no. I thought that was like a relic of the 1980s. Juke joints, mm. and then we went in there, and I was like, Oh, it
1: still exists. Word, and people do it. This is weird, and they I'm do not it sure poorly. Who looked, I was gonna say, Who looked more weird? Them doing it. Or us watching, <laughs> or the or the pervitrons in the corner
0: just looking. Hey, what's going on over mm. there?
1: Licking their lips. Let's uh, yeah.
0: let's be honest though. Like they, uh, like eighty percent of those people were forced employees doing. That's it. a fact. So, oh yeah,
1: you know, Getting paid under the
0: table, and you could tell. They were they were way too good at it, too. Like, they didn't even listen to the lady calling out the instructions. They were just like, yeah, we know what's coming next. Yeah, we got it. Whatever. It's fine. Line dancing. Line dancing, folks. If you haven't gone and done it, I don't really recommend it. And Wait, if I'm what? there where you're doing it, I'll probably judge you. Just to let you know, listeners. <laughs>
1: just, we're definitely judging. Just definitely. throw that
0: out there. Um... Dave, I was thinking about something at the start of this week uh, from our last show. We mm-hmm. got to do our classic segment, Challenge versus Conspiracy. Sweet! Mm-hmm. And the conspiracy was Avril Lavigne had been dead for 17 years and replaced by a clone named Melissa. What? Right. Uh, you know, the thing that I found most weird about this was how people believed that folks that, that made this conspiracy, folks that, that were a part of this clone swap hmm. left clues for mm-hmm. people to figure out that this mm-hmm. was actually happening, right? And I was just mm-hmm. like, why? why the hell would a record company or management or whoever want to leave a clue? That makes right. no sense. And I started thinking about it, Dave, and, you know, that that used to happen. That was a legitimate thing. People would leave clues when they would do nefarious things. That's right. It was it was called a calling card. You know?
1: And and back in the like Batman and stuff like that too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Back in the day, you know, when some criminals would leave something that was supposed to signify. That this crime was committed by that person. And I mean, you, like, uh, you, all kinds of real scenarios, Zodiac, Killer, Son of Sam, burglars, arsonist. It was, it was a thing. And like you said, if you watched a movie before like 1980, like a criminal movie, every criminal did it. Like in Mm -hmm. every movie. Mm -hmm. If you watch a 70s movie or 60s or 50s, every movie. Now, If you look into it, a, a great deal, like why did people do it? It's supposed to be psychologists say it's you know a psychological urge. You know, they From want
1: the, like their craziness.
0: Well, they want to get credit for what they did. Whether yeah. it's it's like they're proud of it in like the deranged cases, or in other cases they feel the guilt burden of it. R- mm-hmm. Regardless, they want to, you know, es- essentially they want the credit, um, right. and I mean, you know, I can, I can agree with that to a degree on face value. That that makes sense, but then mm-hmm. when you start looking at it a little bit, like just on, like when you st- take a step back and you separate the psychological part, and you're just like, so this person left something for people to find out it was them Hmm. to get caught. Like, that's really (laughs) dumb. That's a fact. Like, really, really dumb. Like, you could leave the scene of a crime without anyone being the wiser, but then you put down something that leads people right to you.
1: Well, because it was to boost up their, uh, the legend of who they are as a villain and... Um, yeah, you know, say like I'm I'm going to tell you it was me and you still will never catch me. Yeah. Um, because I'm that good.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, but like again, like I I put myself as a robber. I I put myself in mm-hmm. the in in the place of a robber and I was like, I, "Can mm-hmm. I imagine I'm going into... Me and Dave decide that we're going to rob a bank. Sweet. And we go into that bank and we put... We we stole $2 million and we're putting it in the getaway van. I'm like, all right, bro, let's go. And Dave's like, hold on just a second. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm going to leave my ID here on the desk. What? I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Why? Don't worry, Ben. It's my old ID. It's got the old address on there. I've got different hair. There's the no old way Florida
1: type. It's not. They, the they're new not one. gonna
0: know it's me. <laughs> There's no way they can trace this. But it'll be my calling card. Like, can you believe how dumb that would be? Like, you'd just be like, "What? No, get out of here!" And it's Stupid. like, you know, and that's what they were doing. Like. I don't know. I don't have an idea of why they would do it. But then, on top of the the psychological part, mm-hmm. like look at it now. As I just said, as far as like from the 1980s on, you've got way less and less calling cards. You know, in mm-hmm. the in the 70s there were all kinds of calling cards, and like the Wild West are all kinds of calling cards. Like every bad guy in the Wild West had a calling Interesting. card. Interesting. You know? And so then I started, mm-hmm. I was like, well, why would that be? And I started thinking about it and I was just like, I think they're bored. So true. I think that's really all that it came down to. You know? It's like, mm-hmm. let's, let's take me and Dave back to the 50s and we're going to rob a bank. Right? And you don't mm-hmm. leave a calling card. We robbed the bank. We came back to our house. And you you got to lay low for a little bit. After you rob the bank, you can't like just right. go out buying a bunch of stuff because then that will raise suspicion. So, you know, after a while, after the high of actually robbing the bank wears off, then you're just sitting around. You can't watch TV. Nope. You've only got two channels in the 50s. Slam. That's it. CBS, sure. NBC, that's all you got. I'm okay. Can't, no home computers. The only computers back then weighed 4,000 pounds and cost a million dollars. No way to play centipede on that thing. So what else <laughs> you got? So eventually, after the rush of stealing the money's gone, you and your bro are sitting around and be like, hey, you know what would be cool? If we left a clue. And then we've got that suspense then maybe the cops are gonna find out, right? Word. Let's try that next time, right? So then they just start leaving a card just to entertain themselves. But now, we go to the the, the, the present day. Me and Dave go rob a bank now. You come back to your house, you're knee deep in three Netflix series. Tweeting up a storm, who cares? I don't need the excitement of a bank. It doesn't matter. Like, there's no point in leaving a calling card. And not only that, you have people now that instead of leaving calling cards to entertain themselves, they have to make up calling cards of things that never happened. Like Melissa and Avril Levine clones. That's a fact. Right? Just oh, to entertain themselves.
1: I see where you're going.
0: Yeah, or Stevie Wonder not being blind. Right? We'll oh. figure out the, the clues that never were. That weren't supposed to be clues we'll just make up things and it will entertain ourselves right so
1: distract my mind
0: exactly so dave i think in order one to keep people off the streets from committing serious crime and two to keep people off the internet from creating conspiracies that don't exist i think we need to entertain the people on this show am i right so true
1: there you go, buddy. Let's yes! fire it up.
0: Yes! We are going to fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! Man, good show today. That's a fact. Dave, we have an amazing artist. He has been making the tunes for 22 years now? 22 Damn. years, yeah he's been I at bet it to the game yes! yeah and he's got I mean he's got jams first of all he's got all kinds of jams he's also got some stories this are crazy stories from the road and on top of that there's one thing I want to talk to him about Dave and that would be he apparently likes to go uh, surfing mm-hmm. in the middle of snowstorms in Nova Scotia jeez oh, yeah
1: Whoa i'm so confused by that
0: yeah yeah i got hypothermia just saying that there's n- n- no way i would go do that are you kidding
1: me ah, never never I, ever i can't I gotta, even do it in december in florida
0: it, i can't i can't even do it in march in florida are you kidding no water's got to be bath water for me
1: if it gets true, under like 75
0: true. i'm like eh, that's sort of chilly I don't know about that.
1: And Can so, we wait till the afternoon? Will the tide still ex- be going? <laughs>
0: exactly. We'll wait until like you know, it gets over 80. Then I'll dip my toes in, all right? That's good. Because uh, this is really the big thing. If I, if I get out of the water and the wind blows and I'm still super chilly, don't like it. So true. Nah, I don't nope. want to be a part of that. Nope. No, thank you. No, thank you. Anyways, I'm going to ask Matt about it. Matt Mays fantastic i can't wait he dropped he dropped an album during quarantine yeah Ooh. and this is really out of line for him because he's one of those guys that he really likes to work on his albums you know he likes to mm-hmm. craft them work them into the magic that is the album and this one he six weeks jeez, six weeks of recording and writing boom and you'll love it dave
1: you love nice. you wanna know why you'll love it? Hmm. Why? Cause you got that super hot fire?
0: Well, yes. It slaps. It's certified it slappable. Yes. yes. But but also he wrote it from the perspective of a dog.
2: Say what?
0: Yeah. Oh. Yes. That is me. Yes, he loves dogs, Dave. He loves dogs. He he has said multiple times in multiple different interviews, uh, if he's ever upset. He goes to a dog park because you can't leave a dog park and not be happy. That's what he says. Truer words have never been spoken. So there you go. There you go. I can't wait to talk to him. It's coming up. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit.
1: Yes, sir.
2: Happy
0: birthday, Mr.
2: President.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm not going to lie. The birthday suits uh two of them definitely tough hmm. i'm really okay. concerned about the last one the second one i'm pretty concerned about this one mm, very mildly but not really because i i think you got right. this one so this one's 81 okay. percent um all right how, how big are you into boxing
1: hmm. not really at all
0: okay okay see that's why it's down at 81 this is a boxer so okay Girl, come on! okay Born on uh, August 12, 1988 in Manchester, England to Irish parents. His father named him after Mike Tyson, who was the heavyweight champion at the time of his birth. He decided on that name because our birthday suit wearer was born premature. In fact, his mother had 10 premature births that didn't survive. Goodness
1: gracious. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but he decided that our birthday suit wearer was a fighter and he was going to survive, and he did. At the age of 10, our birthday suit wearer started boxing with his father training him. He started his professional career at the age of 20 in 2008, had seven wins in the span of six months to start his career. In 2015, he fought Vladimir Klitschko for the world heavyweight champion and won by decision. However, his title was stripped because of problems with the fighting contract for the Klitschko fight. A birthday suit Mm. where, after this, suffered from depression, abused drugs, and overate. He gained roughly 100 pounds. But, with the help of his trainer, with the help of several other folks in his life, he worked his way back into shape uh, and fought Deontay Wilder in 2018. The fight was a split Tyson decision. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is correct. Yeah. Hey, okay. Tyson Fury. I knew, like, I mean, he's he's basically the biggest thing in boxing right now. So yeah, he's I, a big name. I I, I I was I was pretty confident you'd hear it. I mean, how many times have people heard Fury Wilder? You know.
1: You know, exactly. As soon yep. as you said that, I was like, "Oh, that's got to be him."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fight was a split decision draw, instant classic, the first one. Then, uh, just this past November, they fought again, uh, and it was it was uh, easily won by Tyson Fury. Uh, the Wilder uh, crew threw in the towel actually before the end of the fight. Uh, right now, our birthday suit where. Has another? Well, he had a a fight scheduled with Wilder this summer, but that they 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 set it back because of the pandemic. So it it's sort of up in the air. They haven't decided when they're gonna fight again. Nope. Uh, Okay. Right now, Tyson Fury's record is thirty and zero with one draw. That's uh, it's not bad. It's a pretty good record. He's doing all right. You gotta admit (laughs) that's a pretty good record. That guy is huge, though. Yeah, Gaius. he's like six seven or six eight or something. Six like eight, a... man, six eight, yeah. and he's just got the longest arms. And man, the crazy part though is is you know like most giants like that, sort of like they're Vladimir like Klitschko. And goofy. Yeah, they were slow and they're bruisers. They just have these big hits. And even when you cover up, even when you're blocking, they'll punch your block and it'll basically end your life. You know, <laughs> but like Tyson mm-hmm. Fury is fast he is fast and like there is one from the the first uh uh wilder fight there is a series where he where he dodges uh, wilder's punches it is insane mm-hmm. like he is watching those punches come in and he just moves out of the way at the last second of each one like seven of them in a row like roy jones junior type <laughs> it's crazy it is man. crazy, man. He is a... Uh, Gifted athlete, dude. Gifted he, athlete. He is a talented mofo, yes. And he literally <laughs> is. He's he's the son of gypsies. It's crazy. That's why he's the gypsy king. He's literally the son of uh, Irish gypsies. It's, it's nuts. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Tyson Fury turning in 32. 32. So, I mean, potentially... Birthday,
1: Tyson. A lot you Tyson. A lot of fights left, possibly. I was
0: about to say, potentially he's got, you know... Four or five more years of solid fighting? You know, depending on where that speed goes.
1: You know, let's see. Mm -hmm. Don't know.
0: Anyways, all right. You ready, Dave? It's time to to rip some headlines.
1: All right, let's do it.
0: It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay, Dave, everybody listening right now uh, is familiar that on the show... We've been pretty consistent with PSAs on things that are not sufficient reasons for shooting other people. Um, Amen. The list is pretty long. Uh,
1: It goes and goes. (laughs) Yes,
0: and and, and reasons not to shoot your relatives. Both. That's a fact. Um, This is a PSA on not really shooting another person, but on a reason not to shoot yourself. Wait, what? and this is accidentally not shooting yourself. So this past weekend in Somerset, Pennsylvania, a man was transported to the hospital after accidentally shooting through his finger while shooting targets. So the state trooper said he was on a private camp when he, quote... Attempted to gain a better grip on the gun and unknowingly placed his index finger in front of the muzzle. Word. Oh, God. Come now, on. Da- <laughs> now, Dave, this could be semantics, but how do you unknowingly put your finger in front of the muzzle?
1: Like... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you gotta be pretty aware of like what you're doing with the gun yeah. to, like...
0: Like, yeah, I mean, me to believe it's been a pretty long time since I've held a gun. It's been a it's been a good while since I've held a gun. But I can tell you every time that I have ever held a gun in my life. One of the first things that I have done with every single gun is I've determined where the bullets come out. of. So true. That's one of the first things I do. (laughs) And then the rest of the time that I'm around that gun, I keep all body parts away from that portion of the gun. That's what I do. Yes! It's uh, it's a pretty standard protocol. Like, I just... A finger in front. I mean, come on, bro. Come on. I think he's going to be okay. They said he was going to be okay. Uh, Hopefully, you got to keep that finger. Yeah, I I don't know about the finger, but in general, he will definitely survive. So, just PSA, everybody. Fingers it's a out be- in front. A of- hard lesson to learn. Yes, very, very. Uh, okay, Dave. Let's head across the country now. We're gonna go to California, Orange okay. County. You've been to Orange County, right? Orange County, California. I have. You know- yeah, yeah. I've stayed in Orange County a couple times. It's nice. You know, you sort of get the best of both worlds, L.A. Mm-hmm. and San Diego. You're a little bit yep. there in between. You know, it's nice. Anyways. Uh, this story uh isn't that nice. But we, we, we've had plenty of stories since the pandemic started uh of people not wanting to follow rules, especially mask rules. That's a fact. Right?
1: True. we true. We've, <laughs> we've
0: heard we've we've heard a lot of those. Uh and that's another one uh here. Another one. Um, another one. This one, though, sort of, this is amazing because not only did she not want to follow the rules, she really put the effort into not following the rules. So, Uh, uh, Liz Chavez was working at a pharmacy Mm -hmm. when a woman walked in the store with her friend. Neither of these women were wearing a mask. Nope. And it didn't really look like these women were shopping. They just went into the middle of the store and stood there. You know, Mm -hmm. basically wanting a confrontation, right, about the mask. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so uh, Liz walked up to him because it's a state policy and it's a store policy. Every patron has to wear a mask. And Liz Mm -hmm. goes over and tells him, hey. Got to put a mask on. It's policy. And the woman then told Liz, "Uh, no, we're not required to wear a mask. Word. And Liz's response was, yeah, it's store and state policy. You are. At which time the woman pulled out the badge that she was wearing on her shirt that said FTBA. Hmm. Which That's apparently crazy. stood for Freedom to Breathe Agency. Hmm. Oh my gosh. She then handed Chavez a piece of paper and she said, you know, I just want to let you be uh, you. Uh, you aware of the situation. For telling people they have to wear a mask, you could be sued. Not only that, but you could personally be sued $10,000 and go to prison for five years for telling people to wear a mask.
1: Get out of here.
0: And Liz was like, "Uh, don't know what that's all about, but okay. And then she's like, you need to take your manager this list of rules from the FTBA right now. Personally, you need to take this to your manager. And Liz was like, uh okay and then the two ladies left she took her friend and they left out of the store um this has gone pretty viral on the internet this whole uh this whole situation so Dave let yeah. me say let me say first I know to the listeners out there I know over the past three and a half years, it seemed mm-hmm. like you can pretty much do anything you want in America. It seems like a seems like mm-hmm. a little Caesars commercial. There are no <laughs> rules. Yeah. But I, I can tell you right now, listeners, with absolute confidence, you can't make up a federal agency that doesn't exist. Nope.
1: You can't do that. Threaten to fake sue people and find yeah.
0: them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. That's something you can't do. And like On top of that, does everybody understand how absurd this is? How absurd what this lady did? Just sit back. Take the time to think about it. She took the time to think of a fake agency, give it a name, make a shirt, (laughs) print out badges for it, came up with different groups that were part of the fake agency came up with fake penalties for people not following the fake agency's fake rules, printed out fake documents describing the fake penalties for the fake rules, then found an employee describe all of this too, just so she wouldn't have to put on a piece of fabric over her face for 10 minutes when she goes into stores. A piece of fabric, mind you, that most stores are handing out for free that most stores have been able to say, hey, just take this one. Just wear this one. And she can't do that. Instead, she did that, which no doubt had to take at least a couple of hours. At least.
1: Oh, if not more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, insane. Insane. So if you're out there, folks, uh, just know, somebody comes up to you from the FTBA, it doesn't exist. Nope. So... There you go. Tell that's him just, to screw off. Just it's just that's imaginary. So just just thought you should know. Um, okay. Next story. Dave, there's a couple of things that haven't changed about this show since it started. Mm-hmm. Um one you. me. Two it's not that popular. That's still the case. Oh. Three <laughs> I can tell you one thing that we know for certain that hasn't changed, and that is the support of old, kick-ass people. Right? Yes. Right? Yes. We support old people. We see no age when it comes to people being awesome. That's right. F- yeah. And that's why I need to bring up the story about Dorothy Pollock. Yes. So, So, Dorothy lives up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dorothy, she's had a rough go of it since the pandemic started. I mean, not as rough as some people, obviously, because she hasn't got COVID. But she's been isolated a lot in her nursing home. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, she doesn't have many friends in the nursing home. And the nurses told her family that she was getting real depressed, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Cause she just mm-hmm. didn't have anybody to hang out with. Couldn't talk to, to talk anybody. To it, yeah, and uh, th- her family really and she could th- Her family couldn't really call her because uh, Dorothy's pretty hard of hearing too. So like phone calls oh. aren't aren't real good either.
1: Very effective. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So her family realized how bad it was when they went to the nursing home to celebrate her hundred and third birthday on June sixth mm-hmm. sixteenth. One hundred and third, folks. Man, that's awesome. One oh three. So they decided, you know what? And with, with the uh, agreement of the nurses and the doctors of the facility, they were like, we need to get Dorothy back out there. We need to go on some safe adventures with Dorothy out into the world to, wow. to, to, to make her feel better. You know, yeah. So, so with safety in mind, they decided they were going to go out. And this past
1: I can't week, believe they let them do that. That's crazy.
0: It was getting bad. Like I said, she wasn't she wasn't doing well. So this past week on Friday, with mask and social distancing in mind, they took mm-hmm. Dorothy out for something that she decided she wanted to do. She decided. She wanted to get a tattoo. Say what? That's oh right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's right. So they took That's Dorothy crazy. to to A Wall Custom Tattooing in Muskegon, Miss, uh, Michigan, and she got her first tattoo ever. Oh ever. Oh my
1: gosh! That's awesome.
0: So Dorothy what did she get Dorothy said it was pretty exciting because years ago my grandson he wanted me to get one and I wouldn't do it. And all of, a, all of a sudden, I decided, you know what? I'd like to have one. Word. So, I decided I'd get one. And if I could, a frog. Because I like frogs. Frog. I yes. like frogs. Oh, yes. Oh, my
1: gosh. That's so adorable. Amen. And she
0: did get one, Dave. And it is a kick-ass frog. Yes. Kick-ass yes. frog. I Man, guarantee that's I guarantee great. you that frog is sitting on her arm right now like, holy I'm on an arm of a lady that was 12 when the Great Depression started. My God, how did I get here? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> like, and, and I gotta say, Dorothy didn't just go for some, you know, spot tucked away that you couldn't see. Uh-uh, no. Straight forearm. Straight forearm. Just oh, right man. on the forearm. She went for it, man. She's a
1: baller. Such a baller.
0: And not only that, but uh, Ray Reasoner Jr., that was the mm-hmm. uh, tattoo artist. He mm-hmm. said he was so impressed with Dorothy, he did it for free. Sweet. Didn't even charge her for the tattoo. He was like, you know what? Nah, you do you, Dorothy. This one's on me.
1: He yeah, said. Dorothy.
0: He said, Pollock is the oldest person he ever tattooed. And I was like, I don't think you had to say that. Nope.
1: I think that goes without I, I was, saying. I was about to say, that's probably, <laughs> he could have said that's the oldest person I've ever met, and everyone would have been like, yeah, true. <laughs> true. like, it's, it's a fourth oldest person. I had a couple people in
0: their 110s that came in for a tattoo. Yeah. What? <laughs> no. I'll see her then for number two. But he said, he said, quote, she took it like a champ. I didn't even see her wince. That's right. Not once. Not once did Dorothy wince. That's she's right. She's tougher
1: than me. So true.
0: That's right. Took that thing like a champ, and now she's got a cute little frog on her forearm. That's right. There you go. You go, Dorothy. And her you family You go, girl.
1: Said,
0: her, her family said they're going to set up more adventures, probably you know, once a week or so, where they can take her out. Not really interact with too many people, but she'll get mm-hmm. to be out. She'll get to live life. You go, Dorothy. Live life. Live life at 103. What do you think, girl? Yes. She's born in 1917. It's insane. Easy. 1917. Woodrow Wilson was president. What? What? <laughs> it's so insane. Uh... Like I said, she was 12 when the Great Depression started. Twelve Man. She remembers it all. Well, she can remember it, but she remembers it all. Like it's oh, Nuts. Nuts. Decided to get a get a get a tattoo. You go, Dorothy. Uh Dave, real quick, one thing. Um let's see here. Uh before we go to break, which one do you want to hear mm-hmm. about? The telephone scam or delivery robots?
1: Mm-hmm. Delivery robots, please, for okay. two hundred.
0: Okay, uh, have you ever seen these in action? We don't have too many of them in
1: America. I mean, we have some, I ha- but I haven't seen them in action. I've seen um, like a couple of like little videos on Twitter or whatever where they saw one on like on the sidewalk. Yeah. Um, but that's like the the most that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a ton
0: of them. I mean, they're they're a pretty good amount, some in California, some in New York. Uh, There's a good amount in Michigan, actually, because that's where a lot of the, like, practice technology has been. But Mm -hmm. um, anyways, uh, they have a pretty good amount in England, actually. And there's a British company that's been trying to get as many delivery robots out on the street as possible, and the company's yep. uh, called Star Starship Technologies. Okay. Uh, and they mainly have the little robots that look like, like little t- uh, tiny Mars rovers, you know? Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. a basic, yep. basically like a black-and-white cooler with six wheels on it that just sort of goes down the sidewalk, you know? And yep. swims,
1: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, obviously, during the quarantine, their business, they've seen a pretty good boom, you know? Um, mm, definitely. Definitely. People don't want to go out, or they can't go out, so get a robot to deliver it. Well, uh, last week a British woman, Bex Morgan, which I gotta say, I've never heard the name Bex,
1: like B E X,
0: Bex. Oh,
1: yeah. Interesting.
0: Not like not like short for Becca or something. Not like Bex Beer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. B E C K S.
0: Yeah, exactly. Anyways, Bex, she's out walking her dog, and she saw one of the robots. Drive right into a canal. Wait,
1: what? Right? Oh, wow.
0: Just saw this thing going out of control and just ran right into a canal. And so... That's
1: actually really funny.
0: <laughs> so she took a video of this and then posted it on social media. And the post was getting a lot of views and people were commenting on it. And that's when uh, the company, Starship Technologies, had to step in, you know, give a little pe- uh, people info on their, their robots. And they said, quote... If people see a robot not moving, they shouldn't do anything because we're aware of where every single robot is to the nearest inch. And it may just be resting. However, if on a rare occasion someone sees a robot swimming or in any other odd situation, then feel free to email us with the details.
1: Wait, what? End quote. So, if you know where it is, why do they need to tell you? <laughs> I've got
0: to say, they really ruined their first statement with the second statement. That's a fact. Like, hey, we totally know where our robots are all the time, except in the cases that we don't know where they're at. Huh? Those cases, we we don't. But every other time, we totally know where they're at, all right? In in case we don't. then those cases, email us, all right? Let us us know that our, our, our robots are broken. Thanks. Thanks, that'd be helpful. Thank you. Doesn't look good when your robot flies into a canal. Nope. That's not a it's not a good look. You know? You don't really mm-hmm. you don't really want to get more heightened technology after you see the little robot car fly into the canal. You don't really want to put more pressure on it. Just saying. Just yep. saying. Anyways, Dave, we are gonna take a break. We are gonna hear from our guest of honor. That would be none other than Mr. Matt Mays. We're going to hear his fantastic song off of his album, Coyote. This is Take It On Faith right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Dave. Say what? Guys, do us a favor, Mm -hmm. stop what you're doing, Mm -hmm. and on your podcast downloading app, go Mm -hmm. in there and search Doc G Show, Mm -hmm. or The Doc G Show. Mm -hmm. We will pop up, I promise you. Yes. Download us, give us a five-star rating. Comment something good, Mm -hmm. listen to a bunch of shows, Mm -hmm. then go on Instagram, follow us at Doc G Show, Mm -hmm. and go to the website, www.docgshow.com. Yes. And look up all the stuff on there. We got stuff, it's updated, and you will be entertained in this pandemic.
0: Yes. And uh, Dave has a very good point. Listen to a bunch of shows, even if you don't actually want to listen to them. Just click on them. Make us feel good. Our numbers will go up. Yeah, our numbers will go up, and we'll be like, "Oh my God, people are listening all over the place." This is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, uh, just, just click it for our pleasure, please. Just, okay. Go out. It'll take you five minutes, and you'll increase our like uh, our listens by a whole bunch. It'll really just just make our day. Just. Don't you, I mean, don't you want to make our day? Don't you? Come on. Exactly. Don't you want to be like Dorothy you know Pollack and make our day? Just. That's right. Just go out and get a tattoo, guys. If you're 103, be cool. go out there and get a tattoo. If you're under the age of 103, it's not going to be nearly as cool. But still. Oh. Anyways, I got sidetracked. We need to thank the people that do listen on a regular basis. Dave, we need to go through some shout-outs.
1: Shout-outs? All okay.
0: Right. Okay, let's do some regulars here. We're gonna, you know what? Let's switch it up today. Word. Oh. Let's let's start with the newcomers. We're gonna do newcomers, and we're gonna end with our regulars. You know, okay. we're gonna bring it I home like with it. the people that listen regularly. Yes. Uh, okay. We've got two newcomers, Dave, both from France. Say what?
1: Yeah. Allé oh, vous, français? No, I don't. No,
0: I'm very bad at it very that's bad that's the only at the thing, thing i know <laughs> uh well i I I, pra- I I practice luckily these these two uh, cities are fairly easy in their names mm-hmm. but they're still not that easy i got to be honest it's just that it's just it's a tough language anyways first one true shout out to grenoble france grenoble yeah
1: grenoble
0: yeah southeast corner of france dave it's right it's right at the base of the french alps okay Uh, oh yeah in fact they call themselves the capital of the alps that's a fact
1: yeah nice yeah i like
0: it now the the city itself is actually at a pretty low altitude they're only like 300 some feet up there but they're just surrounded by all these giant mountains
1: yeah yeah interesting
0: now apparently, because they're surrounded by all these mountains, if you're all about the winter sports, especially like skiing, you mm-hmm. you, you hit up Grenoble. That's what you do, you know. Okay, we can and, go and do that. And oh, uh, I'd be pretty horrible. I'd probably break a leg at skiing. Let's be honest. Just, I probably would too. This is not good. It's not good. But I will tell you, I was uh, going through some pics of those mountains. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. some crazy cool looking alpine lakes up there.
1: You know, oh, I bet.
0: that had been like carved out by glaciers back in the day, but now it's just crystal blue water up there on top of a mountain. It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, that's sweet.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good looking. That's what I would go for. That's what I would be in Grenoble for. Anyways, thank you, Grenoble, for listening. Okay, here we go. Next, French listeners, shout out. Here we go. Royal France. Royal. Yeah. Yeah. Royal. Yeah. Now, it's on the other side, pretty much completely other side of France. It's on the uh, coast, a lot smaller, too, of the city. Like, Grenoble is like 160,000 or so, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Royan is like 18,000. So, oh, way, way smaller. Small. It's known yeah. as a resort town. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, Now, uh, uh, United States history with Royan, not so hot when mm-hmm. it comes to World War II. Nope. Not Uh-oh. so good. Because, you know, it was occupied by the Germans, and mm-hmm. America came in and bombed uh, Royan, and uh, oh. they didn't kill so many Germans, and a lot of civilians were killed. Wasn't that good. Dang. Wasn't a good look. Dang. Uh, also, interestingly, around that same time, Pablo Picasso actually lived there. Say what? Yeah. Yeah,
1: famous artist. He lived in Royal. You know what year he died? Uh, Time frame around?
0: Uh, like the seventies, I think. Yeah, dang.
1: Yeah. I read all that on Twitter one time, and Mm -hmm. my mind was freaking blown.
0: No, you're thinking way earlier than that.
1: Like like he just when you think when you hear that name you just think of yeah, like it's a someone classic. that was you think you right, think
0: way back there like and then, 1400s then you're like hundreds oh, or something. Oh crap, he died right before I was born. That's weird. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Well, he lived in Royal for uh in in the forties for a couple of years. Um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also not nearly as uh um you know, I guess uh um popular culture but leon trotsky the uh the guy uh, uh known for the communist revolution in uh mm. russia he lived mm-hmm. because he got he got thrown out of some country and he ended up there and he lived in Royal for like two years yeah wow yeah
1: interesting
0: you got uh obviously when you're in royal you got to hit up the beaches that's
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's a must Duh. you gotta hit up the beaches Duh. they got really good weather there you know because of the gulf stream and everything really moderate mm-hmm. weather nice nice way better than you Sounds would like think a you know to visit. We'll good just stuff go coast
1: to coast we'll just hit both of them up
0: yeah exactly go all the way through france just being horrible at their language and probably offending everyone as we go
1: it'll be fantastic yes fantastic so true. eating and drinking good
0: exactly Exactly. Now, now, Spain, if we go to Spain, I can do a little bit better. We can redeem ourselves slightly there. I True. Can, I can get that language, although they have, I mean, they, they're... They they're, have like
1: a little different dialect. I was
0: about to say, I'm much better at Latin American Spanish than I am at the actual Spain Spanish. They're not. Hmm. Anyways, we got sidetracked. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Louisville, Kentucky. Shout out to Louisville. Okay. There we go. Shout out. Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix is getting close. Shout They're out. almost to regular status. Oh, They're keep almost, it up, regi- ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Now, uh, one that hasn't li- uh, listened in a while, and I forgot. They used. To, they made it to. They made it to regular status. And they fell off. Winfield, Winfield, West Virginia.
1: Shout
0: out. I completely. They, they fell off, but they're back. Semi-regulars now. Welcome back, y'all. Old Fuss and Feathers. They're back. Yes. Yes. Katy, Texas. Shout out to Katy, Texas. Shout, shout out. out to Irving, Texas. Shout, shout out. out to New York, New York. Shout right out. there in the heart. And then Hartford, mm-hmm. Illinois. Shout that's our, that's our okay. semi-regulars. Okay. okay. Now it's time to bring it home with the regulars. Here we go. I'm going to start at the end of the list. We're going to work our way back up. So, shout-out to Columbus, Georgia. Shout-out to Fisherville. Those would be our two newest (laughs) listeners. Fisherville, Virginia, that is, of course, and the Commonwealth. Shout-out to Moscow, Russia. Shout-out to Bristol, Tennessee, slash Virginia, right right there on the line. Shout-out to Brighton, United Kingdom. Shout-out to Genoa, Italy. Shout-out to uh, Peoria, Illinois. Shout-out to Orlando, Florida, busy with the bubble. Like it. Shout-out, London, United Kingdom. Shout-out, right. Mountain View, California, our first West Coast Show connection. Right. Shout-out to Madison, Tennessee. Shout-out right. to Kenner, Louisiana, heart of New Orleans. Shout-out right. to Roanoke, Virginia, the star Show city. Right. Shout-out to Ashburn, Virginia, and the Commonwealth. Right. Shout-out to Barcelona, Spain, Show our right. international listeners. Shout-out to Charleston, South Carolina. Shout-out right. to Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. Shout-out to right. Boardman, Oregon, second West Coast connection. Right. Shout-out to Bradford, Virginia. Shout out to Dublin, Shout out. Ireland. Shout out to Gainesville, Florida. Shout out Shout to out. Columbia, South Carolina. And lastly, home of the radio station. Shout out to Jacksonville, Shout Duval. Out. Yes. Let's go. Yes, there it is. Good list, man. Good man, list. Stud list. You know? It's getting better and better. Yeah, it's diverse. It's good. We got a great representation of Virginia. I'd like to see that in every state. I mean, we got we got four different points in Virginia. We need four different points in every state. Yes! Right? True. I want to see true. Idaho like that. I want to see uh, Wisconsin like that. That's a fact. I'm. Don't worry, listeners. I'm not going to name every state. I just gave you two examples. That's the only two I'm going to give. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Dave. We got uh, two stories left over. Um, okay. Uh, well, actually, n- not really. Two stories. We got, we got one. I just wanted to update you. Uh, here's an update. Are you ready? I'm ready. New Zealand. Uh, no new cases of COVID in uh, over a hundred days. They had a hundred day span, no new cases of COVID.
1: I saw that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now just they got four. And just, just for listeners out there, uh, we have more cases than they do a population. Wait, what? Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah. Their population's about 4.9 million. We've got over 5 million cases of COVID, estimated. Active or or that's happened? That's happened, but that's estimated. Mm-hmm. We've obviously yeah. got way more that haven't been tested. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Just a thought, Dave. Uh, how many freedom-to-breathe agencies do you think they have in New Zealand? I'm guessing zero. Wham. Just my thought. Yeah. Just my None. thought. Uh, okay. Idiots. Next story, uh, Dave, let's head to New Mexico. hmm So there's been a telephone scam popping up, calling folks in New Mexico. Oh,
1: shoot. Yeah. I hope they don't get nice old ladies like Dorothy.
0: Well, so they're actually, I mean, it's weird. Because you would think most of these telephone scams usually go with landlines, but they're like mm-hmm. they're they're doing the the opposite of attack. So what they're doing, mm-hmm. state police are warning New Mexico uh, New Mexicans that scammers are calling people saying that they have their grandparents and they've kidnapped them for ransom, and if you don't pay them, they will kill your grandparents. Word,
1: what the heck?
0: Yeah, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, The state police uh, put out a statement and it said that you should always be suspicious of unsolicited phone calls. Never give money or personal information. And if you suspect the call is a scam, hang up and report it to law enforcement. Now, I first got to I got to wonder, like, do these scammers make sure that the grandma or grandpa is still alive before they make the call? Mm -hmm. You know, because like that's going to be a little embarrassing. You know, if the the scammer's like, hey, we will totally kill your grandma. And you're like, that's interesting because my grandma's been dead for 18 years, but okay. But you
1: have her. Mm. Cool,
0: neat. Like, you know, that's just, I I wonder how much research they do. And that's like, secondly, because, you know, they say they're going to kill your grandma. Uh, Do they use the actual person's name or do they say grandma? Hmm. You know? Because yeah. if they're or like, hey... They combine we combine them? Well, like, if they combine them, then that'd be convincing. But if they say grandma, like, that's gonna be my next question. I'm gonna be like, hey, what's her name? You know, because I don't believe that you actually got my grandma. I want to make sure... I mean, first, I want to make right, sure you right. got the right name. And then if you don't, if you're like, uh, Josie Gordon, I'm like, i somebody else's grandma. <laughs> I don't care about her. Nope. Sorry. See ya. Click. You know? Just come on. And then... Last thing, like, wouldn't most people, I mean, the, the, the state police brought it up, but, like, wouldn't most people, I, if I were in this situation, I would hang up immediately and call my grandparents. So true. Be like, all you good? Okay, you're good. Click. Like, it just, like, wouldn't that be the first thing you'd do? Like, I wouldn't give any That's... money before I actually got in touch with my grandparents. Yeah, we
1: need proof first.
0: You know, I'm just saying. Anyways, Dave, Hold we on. don't. We don't have any listeners in New Mexico, nope. but we do have a good number in Arizona. So, guys, they could reach over the border. Look out. Yes! Some goons out there fronting like they stole a bunch of grannies. Don't believe them. Nope. All right? They they didn't. So just keep that in mind, Arizona listeners. And New Mexico, start listening to our show. That's right. Anyways. Uh, okay. Um got one more uh story here dave uh are you
1: you're not a big gamer are you like video games no i mean i I have a playstation but you know i don't i mean i play like a couple sports games here and there but i I probably haven't played in like three weeks
0: have you ever have you ever bet on a video game
1: Like whether you yeah, I I played my buddy for Madden a couple times. Nice. Now was it just money? Like twenty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Nothing crazy. Okay. Uh, uh, Apparently, by the way. Oh, nice. Well done. Yep.
0: I don't think I've ever. I I try to think about it. I don't think I've ever bet on a video game. I don't think so. I can't remember a time. But anyways, apparently a famous gamer. You know, there's famous gamers these days. It's crazy. Yeah, they make like millions.
1: Yeah. ridiculous.
0: There's a famous gamer from South Korea, and uh, apparently he does some pretty wild bets. Uh, Shin Tae is his name. He's also known, mm-hmm. apparently, as the Angry Korean Gamer. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. apparently what he goes by. And uh, he told uh, his viewers on his YouTube channel that if he were to lose this game, this match in game, uh, this uh, Fall Guys game. Uh, that he would set his crotch area on fire. Wait,
1: what? Oh my
0: God! Yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah. And, uh, he, well, he did this because his his followers actually suggested it, right? That that would be the best bet. Like Just he because asked, they suggest things doesn't mean you need to do it. Very true. Well, uh, inevitably, obviously, it's on the show. Shante lost. Oh. And. Uh, no matter how dumb the bet is, a bet's a bet. So he stripped down to his boxers, he poured lighter fluid on his crotch, and he lit it on fire. Jeez. Yeah. He pulled down his boxers? No, no, he pulled down to his boxers. So, oh, okay. and then so he, he lit the boxers, boxers on, on fire. Okay. I think. Okay. I think. I didn't actually watch the video. Maybe I they blurted out. I don't know. God. But apparently, this is the... This is the this is the even better part. Apparently, there was a time limit that his his uh, his viewers set. Like this is how long you have to go, hmm. and his crotch went out too soon, so he had to relight had to it, it again.
1: And he oh, did. Wow. He did. Oh, that guy's crazy. Literally crazy. Yes! So
0: uh, he suffered second-degree burns, and uh, he he uh, let his uh, followers know um on social medias he's recuperating he's back so
1: man there you go
0: like i feel like maybe i would lose a lot of youtube followers but i feel like on that one i'd be like look guys i know i said i was gonna light my crotch on fire but i'm not Nope. i'm sorry (laughs) like (laughs) that's that's not not happening. doing it you can all not follow me that's cool I'm just not gonna do that uh yeah anyways good to know good good to know Shinte's uh um uh body is on the men solid okay Dave second birthday suit this one I'm a little a little concerned with fifty eight percent so I still think Slightly a little bit more of a chance than 50-50 for you to get this one. Still think. All right. That's what I like to hear. Okay. So, born uh, in Washington, D.C., August 12, 1971, <coughs> our birthday suit uh, wearer's parents were from Greece, but mm-hmm. at the age of uh, three, our, ten- uh, our, uh, our birthday suit wearer found a tennis racket in his basement and spent hours hitting the ball against a wall. Mm-hmm. At the age of seven, moved to California, and our birthday suit mm-hmm. wearer got to spend even more time playing tennis. The age, uh, in 1988, at the age of 16, our birthday suit wearer turned professional and finished mm-hmm. the year being ranked 97 in the world. In 1990, mm-hmm. our birthday suit wearer won his first Grand Slam at the U.S. Open. He went on to win 14 more Grand Slam titles, ultimately having a career record of 762 to 222 losses. He was ranked number one for 286 weeks in his career. Wow. Which is only second to Roger Federer. And he was inducted into the Tennis Hall of Fame in 2007. Name that birthday suit
1: wearer. Hmm. Dang, I don't know any old tennis players. Oh. Um, no, I'll give
0: you. I'll give you the uh,
1: the initials. P.S. Okay. P.S. Paul Sturgis. <laughs> I, I think that's the world's strongest man. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Uh,
0: Pete Sampras. Pete <laughs> Sampras. Yes, there it is. All right. Don't know Pete, huh? No Pete. Okay. Sounds
1: like a stud, though. I mean, to be number one in the world for basically five years.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, he he's was baller. He was sort of the lone dude there. In I mean, like Andre Agassi, but Andre was oh, a. Oh dang. Andre was a little bit before him, and so oh, okay. like basically Pete took the mantle from Andre, and then. Nobody really challenged him for pretty much all of the 90s, and then into the early 2000s. Yes! And uh, and then uh, Roger Federer came on and just yanked it away from him. And then of course, then of course, Djokovic and. Uh, and uh, Nadal came in, and, and now they just all just dominate three, three-way. That's right. Go at right. It, all three of them, just continually cycle around for the last 15 years. But Pete... It's been uh, good for tennis,
1: though. Yeah. You
0: know, some people will argue that Pete is the best of all time, even though he doesn't have as like many Grand Slams as uh, Federer and whatnot. But, you know... Mm. Um, he's definitely in the conversation. He's in the Sounds conversation, like yes. Yes. And he's one year away from turning 50. 49 well, for Happy Pete.
1: birthday, Pete. Yes. When you turn 50, I I'll now know who you are. That's, That's right.
0: right. Next <laughs> year around this time, Dave will be celebrating. Big time. Yes. Big time. Just for you, buddy. Say what? Let's take one more break, Dave. We are going to take one more break before we talk to Mr. Matt Mays. We are going to hear one more song from Matt Mays. This is a song... Uh, uh, Sentimental Sins, right here on the Doc G Show.
2: against your faith
0: Back to the show, everybody. Today we are lucky to have a musician who just released Dog City in May, Mr. Matt Mays. Matt, how you doing? Good man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. First, uh, I wanted to ask. I I see a lot in your interviews, and well, and just your life in general. You you've been traveling most of the time that you're, uh, you know, you you've been a musician. You've been on the road, and you love to travel. And with that in mind, you know, this whole pandemic that we've been faced with, uh, how's that how's that worked for you? I I'm, I'm guessing it's been tough.
3: Yeah, it has been tough, man. I mean, it's uh I don't think I've been anywhere for longer than 2 months like without going or having to go somewhere for a show or a trip or something, mm-hmm. you know, so it's been uh, uh been kind of weird, but at the same time, I think it's also been really good for me to actually Kind of stop and like check in for a sec. So yeah. think, uh, I think I think I use sort of traveling as a bit of a, an excuse to not deal with some stuff. You know, I would just sort of like take off and sort of start a new chapter or whatever. But this is sort of forced me to kind of take things on a little more head on and, and uh, deal with them. And and, uh, I, and I have, which has been which has been good. You know, nice. but at the same time, it also it also blows. <laughs> I kind of I really want <clears throat> to. There's a lot of want to see and do before I die, and not being able to do it just kind of it's, it's tough, but, it, you know, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've heard, too, in, in some other interviews about you uh, working out. You seem fairly, you know, uh, you seem like a fairly regular uh, exerciser. I've heard you talk about jogging and boxing. Have you been able to do that while uh, in the pandemic? Have you been able to work out?
2: Yeah, I'm
3: I'm, I'm really going waves. You know, I, I, I'll i go, uh, you know, months and be super into it, and then I'll fall off for a month and then... <laughs> That's just how I go, but um, but yeah, I, I I ordered a boxing uh, heavy bag off uh, Amazon during nice. the, the heart of the lockdowns, yeah, uh, which was great, and uh, I uh, we we were allowed to sort of we we're all locked locked down here, but we, you know we were allowed to go out and um, go for a run runner exercise, uh, so I was uh, I was running a lot and. Um, and I, I, I still am staying in, in, in decent shape, which is great. But uh, yeah, with me, if I don't, my mind goes squirrely. I gotta, I gotta get out and do it for sure. My, I've got some anxiety issues, that I totally go away if I run every day. You know, so yeah, it's uh, it's been pretty important. You know,
0: definitely, definitely. Well, y- I, you've you know, you've lived in a lot of places: L.A., New York, Toronto. But it always seems like your your heart's uh, in Nova Scotia. You're a Nova Scotia dude. Did you stay? Have you stayed in Toronto the whole pandemic?
3: Uh, I have, yeah. I've I've been living here for three, three years now, I think. And Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been here for the the entire sort of pandemic. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's we're on stage, stage three of it opening up now, which is nice because we can, we can, um, the the numbers are, are super low and. And Nova Scotia it was down to like going two weeks without any any numbers at all because they're on they kind of closed their province. So, yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm going there. Um, I'm going there uh, in, in a couple of weeks, but I have to go and self isolate for 14 days in Nova Scotia, which is the worst thing to have to do. Yeah, but uh, it's worth it because it's such a, it's a paradise there and it's so so awesome. So I'm, I'm 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 excited to do that. But yeah, I've been in Toronto and. Uh, it was a bit uh, for two months there. It was a bit nuts, but uh, <laughs> it's, the outdoor patios are full again, and numbers are low. People are, they are, are happy again a, l- a little bit, and uh, nice. It's been nice.
0: Nice. Well, that, that's that's yeah. definitely got to be tough as far as not going to Nova Scotia because talking about those activities that you like to do. I know you like to to surf, and I would guess this is the better time to surf as far as weather. I don't know about the actual wave action but
3: uh well yeah yeah, believe, believe it or not it, that's what's frustrating a little bit because believe it or not this time of year has like the, the surface is is, is pretty, it's, uh, it's pretty flat <laughs> yeah but the weather's great uh, and the water's warm but the, the best time is um, hurricane season and the same hurricanes that go by, you guys come up and just go by us, and yeah. It, so we get a lot of great waves in, in the fall. So we're creeping up on American season, which is great. And all we surf all winter at home. It's i got some really good wetsuits now, and and then there's some really great winter swell too, which is I know it sounds ridiculous, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty doable. You know?
0: I I heard that I heard you talking about that before, and you were like, yeah, you go out in nor'easters, it's great, and I was just like, ah. I caught hypothermia just hearing that. Oh, geez, but <laughs> but you're telling me that's not yeah. bad. It's 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 okay in the wetsuit.
3: I've been probably equally as cold at times, like snowboarding. You know, it's it's Man. you know eventually your toes get freezing, and you, <laughs> it's like you know your toes go. for Once your toes start getting a little numb, you know to get out. But but uh, yeah, the suits are pretty pretty great. I mean, it, it used to be bad when we were kids. We were seeing like. Our uncle's diving suit or whatever. <laughs> it's, like, it's a horrible experience. Yeah. But uh, now we got some pretty space age stuff. Uh, it's pretty, uh, pretty flexible and warm. And, and then the, the waves are so good and it's so uncrowded. We'll have like the perfect, you know, point break uh, that's, uh, you know, you and your best buds, and that's it. And it'll be, you know, man, two feet overhead and just and glassy. And it's, but it's freezing. It'll be minus you know, whatever.
0: I was about to say, I
3: probably 10 degrees or something.
0: I don't know if I'd ever be able to get that out of my head. Even if it was just a psychological thing, I'd be like, you should be freezing. It is freezing out here. You're not gonna make it. <laughs> but
3: uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think it's
0: part of the rush, you know, being out in the snowstorm
3: and, it's, and you're somewhat you're warm and the waves are great and it's, it's like a, a blizzard, you know. Yeah, and, and you're with your buds and the, and it's uh, you know it's it's pretty cool. It's, uh, you feel like you're kind of defeating something somewhere it, you shouldn't be, which is always sort of fun.
0: It's, de- I mean, it's definitely experience. That's for sure, man. It sounds like one. It sounds like a pretty cool experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, one other thing about the the pandemic, uh, you you had your uh, YouTube series going, Mantle Music, but you, you you stopped right around the time, sort of, uh, sort of in honor, I guess you'd say, of the protest, or or you know, not trying to take away from the protest around George uh, George Floyd's murder. Uh, have you thought about bringing them back, or are you just did you just decide you're going to wait until live music comes back?
3: Um, I, th- I think I think I'm kind of sort of gonna kind of meet halfway, I suppose. I I, I sort of felt like it, it was just sort of the end of a chapter. Like it mm-hmm. was something that I needed to do uh, during lockdown just to just keep playing and to look forward to something every mm-hmm. week. And and uh, and I really enjoyed the uh, the, the interaction with viewers and my like music family you know and mm-hmm. um, getting me to, to, to see their posts and, and it, it just sort of felt like it was neat to connect in a different way to the outside world but right now since everybody sort of being sort of back to life a little bit more normally mm-hmm. um uh it just sort of felt like the end of a chapter and and uh i want to sort of i don't wanna, i didn't want to overplay too i kind of yeah felt like i was playing a lot and um so i'm, I'm planning to do Something uh, pretty soon. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start gaming again, but uh, I think maybe a little more spread out. Got it. And because I don't I don't play anymore, I'll probably you know have to you know charge the ticket price just mm-hmm. because you know but they did pretty actually, good. Uh, sort of uh, it's not in limbo right now. Yeah. Sort of like, um, so we're gonna sort of make it more of an event and try to get some you know more and more viewers that wants to watch and stuff and. And then I think I'll, I'll, when I'm at home, I might just do pop-up uh, mental shows too, here and there, just like last yeah. minute, just because I really like the concept and the vibe. So
0: for sure, like, um, they definitely yeah. raised some money for some good causes there when you were doing them. A good amount of money for mental health, for sure.
3: Yeah, we raised eighty thousand for mental health, and I think about fifty thousand for the SPCA. Um, they really, They were getting a lot of a lot of animals in that were, that were sort of running out of some funds. So yeah. Um, yeah, we yeah, we did we did some real good. It was great. I'm really proud of proud of everybody for for pitching in and and it was, and it was a weird time to donate money and everybody still was, was behind the cost. So it was
0: great. For sure. For sure. Well, let's uh let's take the listeners back real quick. You've been in the music business for a long time. Uh 22 years almost. And uh it seems like you've basically been surrounded by music your whole life. I heard your your parents had a huge record collection or a big record collection. Which which record in that collection meant to the the most to you first?
3: Uh, I'm gonna say, uh, I think uh, I would say Abbey Road. I think the Beatles' right record, yeah. Abbey Road. I think that would have to be the one that uh, I thought was sort of like the, the most, uh, the most interesting and, and yeah. the best. You know, I thought, they had, like, you know, my dad had a my dad didn't have a huge collection, but he had a very concentrated. A collection very high quality yeah uh collection and i'd say yeah i think abbey road is the first one that was i don't know it's just it's just such a colorful album it's, it's super heavy at times and it's super funny and light at times yeah it's, i
0: don't know so. and it, it is literally got. God, it's fun. it's literally pretty colorful as far as the actual record yeah. itself it's a cool cover like i mean you know them yeah. walking across the road it's intriguing it's your what's going on it, here? one guy doesn't have shoes hey, right. you're like what
3: Why? yeah <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's hard to take your eyes away from for some reason. It's pretty rocking
0: for sure. Well, talking about that, uh, as far as the the records in your collection, I've noticed you know looking at uh, interviews and whatnot, you've got a wide ranging, you know, passion for just music in general. I've heard you talk, you know, Motorhead and Neil Young, and the televisions, and the Jayhawks, and Towns Van Sant, and Sly and Robbie, just all over the place. Have you ever felt partial to a genre? Uh,
3: I, I think earlier on, when I first started playing guitar, I I, I feel like, because uh, I was such a big Neil Young fan, and I sort of went from there, and Neil Young and Dylan and everything, and, and uh, I think that sort of folk rock genre was the first one I took on, because I, I couldn't believe how once you learn a few chords, like it was such a neat time, you know, like 14 to, yeah. to realize like, like I can do so much with these three chords. I can learn all these songs that I thought I'd never be able to, to know. And there's just this real sort of really exciting explosion that happens. And uh, you sort of start learning all sorts of songs. So, so because I, I was like, oh, these songs are actually tangible. Uh, I kind of got into that genre pretty heavily yeah. first. And then I think from, from there, I, I, I you know, you know, when you are in a band, you end up being around all these musical people, and they turn you on to other things, and so that's what sort of happened to me. Older dudes that I look up to or like, check out this,
4: yeah, this album or that
3: album, and then you know, uh, that, and then from there, I, I think now I, I across the board sort of really now, enjoy yeah. all sorts of genres, you know, yeah, for sure. But, um, I just sort of got my fundamentals down first, and then then went from there.
0: Well, one of those guys uh, that you were big into, aside from Neil Young, uh, was was Tom Petty. And uh, I, I heard that your sister's boyfriend taught you the chords for Learn to Fly. Yeah,
3: hey. yeah. yeah, he did. No, it was uh, Free fallen
0: actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, Free fallen. Well, you know, I, I hear you constantly as far as other, you know, uh, interviews and, and, and uh, articles on you compare you to Tom Petty. Like, it, it's constant. Like, I, whenever I look at these articles, that's, you know, here's Matt Mays, the Canadian Tom Petty, or Canada's answer to Tom Petty, and just a bunch of things <laughs> like that. Obviously, that's a, a huge compliment i would say for, for i think you.
3: i think it's uh, i would say it's more of a more of a stretch but, uh, <laughs> you know I I, I I mean i appreciate the comparison obviously but and i think it's you know because i, I i'm such a huge fan uh, that it ends up you know I, I wear it on my sleeve a bit
0: and uh well, that's you know, um, that's what I, I was I, gonna say. Do you do you hear it in your own music when you listen to your stuff? Do you hear Tom Petty in there, or do you not see it?
3: Um, oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, the older I get, the less I, I try to. You know, when you're younger, you, you you realize that you you know, you in the studio, you realize like, oh, that's how they made that sound like that. Yeah. So you can make. You know, we actually had uh, Don Smith, who was an engineer on a lot of Tom Petty records, and he was engineered the Traveling Wilbur's record. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he he you know engineered "I Won't Back Down" and "Free falling and stuff. But he was our producer. So there's a few songs of mine where we actually use like the same signal chain as mm. uh, as Tom Petty. So the the guitars like sound exactly the same. And yeah, we'd be made riffs that sounded exactly like it, so, just because we were such huge fans. And um, I, I, I don't regret it now because I, I, I kind of liked where we were at the time. But it, it, yeah, it's just you're such a huge fan, and you get excited about having the same sound. So for sure. So I, I think just we're such big fans of, of the, our breakage and Tom but it's going to come out in the watch. You're going to hear it.
0: Definitely, yeah. definitely. Well, you started yeah. the, the first thing that you started was in the band uh, the Guthries, and that was that was way back, way back when, starting uh, '98. When you started. In that band after high school, was was it a plan to to be in music for the 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 rest of your days, or was that just a, a thing you guys started and it wasn't really this this plan of this is this is our career, this is our path right here?
3: Uh, yeah, I think um, when I discovered when I picked up a guitar for the first time, I just I really didn't put it down. It was just like uh, I think it was such a good uh, outlet for you know, mm-hmm. just a lot of things. And, uh, and, um, I, I just put a lot of time into messing around on the four track. And I just, it was, it was from then on, that was it. I knew that I never wanted to not do it. Uh, and, um, and I played, I played a lot of solo gigs and I loved playing live and I'd play open mics and all that. But, uh, I fell in love with playing live as well. So mm-hmm. the whole package deal was there, but I felt like I, all my friends were going to school. So I went to, I went to our college for a while, mm-hmm. but, uh, the Guthrie started picking up some steam, and, and especially over in the UK and YouTube over there, and and, uh, and and around Canada, we were getting some some decent uh, exposure, and um, that's when I I quit guard school and was like, I'm just gonna keep doing this, and, yeah. and uh, I just I just it, was, it just became part of me. It was like there was no question. And, it's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep doing it until I'm, I'm my, my hands and my voice don't work. You know, it's just part
0: of me now. Till you look like Neil Young does now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. For uh,
0: so, so for those four years that you were in the Guthries, uh, what, what did you learn? You know, what did you take from that experience that you took over to the your your solo work? Uh,
3: I, I I don't know. I was pretty. I was a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty cocky, bash. not cocky, <laughs> but I'm definitely more humble now. You know. Um, yeah. I think I've I've been humbled and knocked down, and and uh, the whole the whole rock and roll lifestyle. You, you know, it's been really, really. It's amazing. It's been also been really tough, and extreme abusive life. And yeah. And back then, it was sort of I, I I I I remember what it was like in my head back then, as far as you know, your full freedom and and everything. But I, I think eventually I kind of I kinda of got knocked down a little bit and, and it made me work harder. But yeah uh, but the Guthrie's was amazing because they were all older than me and um they were all such insanely good songwriters and uh and, and musicians and they knew about tone and things and guitar, you know, guitar lead guitar and, and so, you know, Dale especially in the band, he, he really took me under his wing without even knowing it and just sort of taught me a lot about how to write a song. Um and, uh, and, yeah, so, so uh, but I remember really wanting to, you know, we were just four songwriters in the band, so we only got three songs each per record, so yeah, I remember really, I had a lot of songs, and I, uh, just the excitement of, of getting to do my own record with 12 songs on it. it was really exciting, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, well, writing those songs, uh, in, in, second, in your second album, you released Cocaine Cowgirl, which is still your most popular song on Spotify. And, and I, I sort of wondered, do you think it deserves that popularity relative to your other songs?
3: Uh, I think in some ways. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I think, I think a big reason for it uh, to be number one on Spotify or my, not my number one on Spotify yeah. is it's just because it was such a big, uh, it was, it just went really, really big in Canada.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And, I think it's sort of the soundtrack to a lot of people's, you know, good times or a good period or whatever. And yeah. I think people, I'm, I'm, I feel really lucky that I've got a few of those up here. But yeah, I think that's why I'm in, it, in it. It's the medicinal quality of music. That's why I do it pretty much. So, I think that's why it's up there. I think I feel like I've maybe written a, a better song, you know, but that doesn't mean it's gonna sort of hit the same way as yeah. There's uh, something about that song that I think on first looking it kinda of grabs people and um uh when I remember when I wrote it I kind of I it didn't feel like it just sort of came out so fast. It didn't really feel like I wrote it. It sort of yeah. came so fast that it's but I knew it was I knew it was kind of on or something. But um but yeah, I don't know. It's um I'm just I'm glad that I still think it's a cool song. I I still mean watching it I have some into songs that are like number ones and big songs that are really they think are dominant or kind of a thing to them, and, and that's all, all they have to sort of, sort of to you know, sort of a one-hit wonder vibe. Yeah, but, um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still proud of that song. Thank, thank
0: goodness. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I, I've heard you mention a lot about as far as your songwriting process, and just like you said with with Cocaine Cowgirl, that spilling out uh you talk about how the best songs that you write or the ones that you feel the best about are those ones you can barely keep up with the idea as it comes out of you what what other songs have you written that were like that which other songs would come to your mind that you couldn't keep up with the idea
3: um there's one called station at a range that that one's still sort of uh it feels like a, I didn't write it it came so fast you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's impossible for me to have written it I mean I wrote it down it, it just came so fast that it's hard to feel like it's not just sort of channeled it's not just yeah. hippy-dippy but as um, uh, song Michael Chase the Light that came mm-hmm. out super quick um, On the Hood that one came out real quick nice um, yeah Indio Off Coyote that one was that one was a quickie nice and uh, and, and, and it's they're all the ones I enjoy playing live the most and just because I mean, you, I don't know. But I feel like if you write a song that fast and it writes itself, it's sort of like how can how can I question it? You know, it's sort yeah. of like I can't I can't get down down on myself because I, I don't really feel like I wrote it. I feel like it sort of just kind of came out. So and I enjoy playing them every night because I don't. I'm I tend to be pretty hard on myself, but the days <laughs> when they they just happen so quick that it's I can't really I have no excuse to not <laughs> accept it. in my life. <laughs> yeah
0: well talk about that that songwriting process uh, and being hard on yourself I heard you one time talk about uh you know writing them in a, in a simplistic way basically with no frills at the start so you can you know you can really just look at the song standing by itself and I noticed you' you're you're real fond of using the the lele the the mixture between the ukulele and the guitar the sort of Mini guitar, if you will. Do you write most of your songs with that? Um,
3: I i because I, 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 I travel so much. I always take that with me, and mm-hmm. I don't even have a case for it. I just kind of carry it around. So I like not having a case because I can just be like, you know, somewhere waiting for a bus, and it can kind of tinker around, or something up with a wrist or something. But yeah, I, I feel like the more simpler the instrument, and the, the less nice it sounds, even like. Um, like like kind of a, a crappy acoustic guitar or an out of tune piano or something. Just it makes you the song more important and yeah. And uh, if you can, if the song stands up on its own with the, on a on a ukulele or a or a out of tune piano and you really like it and it holds, then it's got a good structure and yeah. Sort of doesn't get boring and it's not too long. or Whatever it. it, it and then you take it to a full band of awesome players it's gonna really sound good then right definitely the other way around you know I've, I've you know i've had songs that i thought were great because my, my band was really great and uh just good <laughs> players and then, and then i tried to play it at a solo show and i completely lost the <laughs> audience you know? so I, I just i will never do that again
0: then you cut it you know, down so make like, sure that they, oh, this song's bad what happened oh nobody else is with yeah. me oh man
3: <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you tell yeah, it's gotta even you stand up on a one string guitar. A great song, any great song you know, like some great C C R song, just stand up a cappella, just sing yeah. it on your own. Yeah. The beautiful melody and great lyrics, right? For um, sure. The rest is all easy. The hard part's the, the melody and the words.
0: For sure, for sure. Well uh last question about songs uh, in particular. What song do you constantly like most I know most songwriters out there that I know have like this this great song in their head that they think is sort of like the one of the greatest songs ever sort of composed and they always compare their work to that or they think about it what song do you wish you had written that is just a miraculous song front to front to end
3: uh I'm gonna say um I think, I think maybe if if you could read my mind by Gordon Lightfoot, I think would nice. be the best song ever written. Yeah, it's got it's got everything, you know. I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, I could I could list a lot of
0: things, Gordy's gold. I think, yes,
3: yeah, yeah, old Gord. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be as far as like technically, which I'm not huge on as far as my what I like in a, in a song, but I think the fact that he made it so like magical and technical, mm-hmm. technically perfect. Yeah. all at the same time it's just you know that's what Gordon Lightfoot does but you know I think that that's gonna be I think my first song that I wish I'd written like, i th- keep the time like, like Hallelujah or whatever one of those
0: yeah things. I think I think my favorite Gordon Lightfoot is Sundown Sundown's just it's just got it's got a bite to it but it's also relaxed and it just gives me a sunset feeling every time I hear it oh. I love it. I love totally, it.
3: man. Totally, yeah. It's, I love how they capture the sundown and, and uh, you know, sonically. Yeah,
0: cool. exactly, exactly. Well, I I heard a good while back in an interview, you mentioned that the coolest thing that had happened since you'd been really in the music industry was Levon Helm, drummer for the band, invited you on stage. You rocked a guitar solo, basically, while he's smiling at you the whole time. And then you 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 hung out after after the uh, the show like the whole night. Uh, has anything topped that since then, or is that still the the number one moment?
3: I don't think anything's ever going to top that, man. I really don't. Yeah, uh, I really don't. You what? know, unless Neil Young invites me for a picnic in the park, <laughs> I I don't <laughs> think that I could ever. I don't think I could ever match that, man. It still feels like a weird dream. What, what, and, what uh, d- yeah. d-
0: tell us just a little bit about that. What, what happened that night?
3: Well, it was a pretty amazing string of events. Uh, we, we, play, we opened for Shooter's Running at Urban Plaza in New York City. Nice. We had a, we were living, we were like, there's like seven of us living in this a, uh, a, a tiny little hotel room, mm-hmm. um, in Soho. because We were doing a stint of, of uh, shows in New York.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And anyways, Um, we played the show and um, there was uh, somebody at the show who uh, who books um, the the music for Conan Mm O'Brien and and Jimmy Vavino was a friend of our label guy, so so Jimmy would come in and play organ for us sometimes down there because he liked our band which is super cool yeah Uh, from the Max Weinberg 7 you know yeah Um, Mm Anyway, so I think it was the next Friday after that show, Jay-Z was supposed to play Conan O'Brien and backed out mm. Friday night. Jay-Z backed out last minute, and they needed to find a band for Conan. So they called us. Nice. <laughs> I guess we were, we were tight enough, and we, were, we weren't going to say no. So, <laughs> so yeah, Jimmy Vivino got us on the Conan O'Brien show. So we had about a day to think about it, and then we were on the show. And anyways, <laughs> we did Conan O'Brien. And then uh, Jimmy Vivino sort of is the band leader for Levon Home, um mm. for, for his uh his um, jams. Yeah. Anyways, so he played our record for Levon and Levon really liked us and he I think he really liked that we were Canadian because <laughs> the band was all Canadian except yeah. for him, you know. Yeah. And uh so which is you know, it, it, which is which is a lucky strike anyway, so <laughs> So we went. Uh, we 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 got the invite to go and open up uh, the, the Midnight Ramble at leave on home's place. Nice. So, um, so yeah, we we had this sort of a we were really loud, sort of you know we you know songy band, but really loud, a lot of electric. So we, we kind of rehearsed in the hotel room for two days, uh, just making acoustic versions and stuff, and making it a little more rootsy. Yeah, which we always kind of did, but we had to brush up on it. Anyways, yeah. and then we uh, we got there and. We were super nervous. We didn't even know if we were going to get to meet him. He was, like, you know, one of our biggest heroes. Yeah. biggest. And, uh, yeah. And he was, like, he, he, before the show, he, just, he was wearing, like, splash pants and a T-shirt. <laughs> 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 and then, it was like, shook our hands and a good smile. And he was so nice. He was super nice. Cause we were so nervous. Yeah. Um, so he eased, to, he eased our weary uh, nerves before the show. Nice. And I thought we played a really good show. The, the, the crowd was great. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and then after... Yeah, he was, uh, I was sitting uh, sort of behind him, he was sidewashed, and then they did an encore, and he he just, he told me to get up and take Jimmy's guitar, so Jimmy Vivino gave me his guitar, (laughs) and uh, we rocked, I forget, I I was in such shock the whole time. You blacked out. I don't even, I don't even know, I think it's such a deep cut, I don't remember. But uh yeah, yeah we Leon was just screaming at me to play solo and just having such a good time. I've never been on stage with anybody that, that having more fun playing. Like he was just ear to ear smile and, Man. Like, just, and, and just after burning all the that through time. his eyes at the same time.
0: Man, after all that yeah, time being yeah, in the exactly. music industry, still loves it that much. That's impressive.
3: Totally, man. Yeah. And um and after he invited us to his kitchen, everybody else left. So it was just me and me and my band and him sitting around this kind of round kitchen table. I remember there was a box of crisp on it. Um <laughs> And, uh, just a bunch of joints.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Crispix and And, joints. Uh, Ah, classic. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So I was sitting right next to him shoulder to shoulder and he's just telling all these great road stories and giving us advice. And and he had, he had played what I thought was awesome was, um, he remembered the name of the club in Halifax, like my hometown. Like they toured those guys. They they played thousands of clubs and he remembered the name of the club, Misty Moon, and he remembered the layout. Wow. And, uh, I thought that was incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then we got in the van and drove back to New York City, and just woke up the next morning like, "Oh my God, did that actually happened.
0: <laughs> Man, that's awesome! Yeah, that is.
3: Yeah, it was so so neat. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, let's uh, l- let's talk about the newest album, uh, Dog City so this this is a uh, you know new new territory in a lot of ways yes! uh I mean the last albums you've had there's there was four years between terminal romance and coyote five years between coyote and once upon a Hell of a Time and this one, six weeks of writing and playing uh really by yourself because of the pandemic and you released it. W- what, was this album mainly a consequence of the pandemic or was it something that you'd been wanting to do in this fashion
3: uh, i guess a bit of both and i think that the pandemic allowed me to have time to do it i guess uh i i just i always wanted to do i i'm a dog guy i love dogs and yep. i spend a lot of time at dog parks and yeah. i think i think dog parks are just one of the funniest places to hang out like <laughs> i just i find dogs very comical. Yeah, And I just, I, I find it hard to leave a dog park in a bad mood, so I always go there with my dog. Um, and I just, I thought it would be kind of, I don't know, I spent so much time there that I wanted to sort of write an album about, from the sort of perspective of a dog, or possibly a rusty dog, or and I wanted it to sort of be funny. And, um, um, and so, yeah, I think I didn't really have, I have a bunch of demos lined up for other stuff, but... I just didn't feel like going back to older songs and so uh, yeah i went to my garage and it was freezing cold up here still in april right so yeah um, i built built this little poor studio but it was the only place i could go that was quiet yeah um and uh yeah i just i wrote uh, 12 songs in six weeks and they're all i didn't throw i think maybe one of them i took off but um uh yeah they're all they're all on there. All came super quick. And some friends of mine from Nova Scotia put some bass and drums on. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was just. I think because it was about being a dog, I wasn't too worried about it because <laughs> uh, it, it was supposed to be kind of funny. But I, I think it ended up more, you know, a little more serious or uh, introspective than I'd ex- I expected. Like yeah. things were much deeper than I thought because I think I needed to say a lot of things and. And um and yeah, I'm really happy with. I mean, it sounds like it was put together in a few weeks, which I like. Um But it's also it's yeah, it's not. I don't think it's it's not it's, it's not corny. I was kind of afraid a dog album was going to be corny, but I just feel like it's. I think because uh, I was in a pretty emotionally, you know, volatile state. I think it kind of came out in a in a, in a great way. So. Yeah trying to do a record for you know a lot of fans and friends and stuff are online and i was just kind of worried about people so i just wanted to make a record that made people sort of feel better well, and i don't think anything makes people feel better than dogs <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of worked out
0: well well, so far i i think the response has been uh really great uh at least from my vantage point how has it been so far in in your view
3: well, it was one of the more unique things to me about doing it, it was uh, I, I when I was doing my my mantle music, my, my live streams on yeah. Saturdays, I got like I got the audience to determine what the release date was. Mm-hmm. They were just picking numbers and, and times, <laughs> and so you know, it I forced me to finish it. And um, I didn't release it with a label; I just put it on Bandcamp. Yeah, which was also exciting because I wrote a song on that album I wrote new tricks it the day I released the other the night before I released the album you know you can yeah. do things so much differently when you ever do that way which is great because normally you finish the record and you sit on it for six months while you wait wait to you know like sit, you know yeah. get money to put it out or, or, or plan everything or over plan everything until, until you're blue in the face this is so great because I, I written the album and literally put it out the second I finished the last song uh, and that just makes it myself and so it was really rewarding doing that. Um, however, now that uh, uh, I, I kind of like the record, I want to get it on vinyl. So um, I have a record label I work with that it's really great through Warner Music. And we got the vinyl all finished. I got the touch-pressings and we're putting nice. it on Spotify and everything. And, and doing like a proper release. Yeah. Um, which will be which is great too because uh, I got um, a remastered. It sounds way better. and and um, one of the, the, it's something I didn't expect to go as crazy as I did, is I asked everybody on my like Twitter and socials to send in a photo, picture of their dog. Yeah. Because um, I was going to do a poster of people's dogs inside, but I changed the album cover. I got 750 dog <laughs> photos for <laughs> me. That's and there's, good there's response. too many to put on the cover. Yeah. So I I cut it down to I think it's four hundred and fifty dogs on the cover. Mm. So yeah, on, on the L P it's gonna you can you'll be able to see your dogs. Nice uh, most of them. Yeah, so so it turned out to be a pretty neat and sort of eclectic album from all of us in our homes. You know, we all kind of people, you know, there's 450 people Are involved In the album cover And (laughs) my band at home And you know A lot of guest singers And things So it was kind of It was a neat Neat distraction For sure Yeah
0: Yeah well, you, uh, your your dog, uh, Ruby, she, uh, made the c- front cover, right, on the initial, the the artwork that you you made. The initial one. Yeah. Yeah,
3: she's gonna be in there too. On there's gonna be a poster inside, and she'll be uh, she'll be on that too. So she she, nice. she made the cover.
0: Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she uh, she lives with you uh, and and Christine, and I I like doing this with my guests. I usually ask the best place to eat if i come to your hometown right if i if i come to your hometown where should i eat you can answer that if you want to but i figured since uh you live with a chef um yeah I fi- it's
3: like you're coming over to my place but <laughs> yeah
0: I, I figured i would ask what's your favorite thing that christine makes what, what what do you really love what's the best dish
3: um geez, that's tough i think uh i uh, that's <laughs> so tough i, I think she, her 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 pies are her specialty mm. sort of thing so I'm gonna have to say her pies mm. but um i think i think but i think ultimately I say her soups she makes you know you know we so live in Canada and if you you know if you live with somebody who makes like killer soup it really <laughs> makes your life a lot better so i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna say her soup or stews,
0: you know comfort food man soups and pies and what? What, what, yeah, which yeah, which soup comes to mind? What's what's one of your favorites on the soup side?
3: Uh, just a straight up vegetable
0: chicken, oh.
3: chicken vegetable soup. Mm. Just it's 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 basic, but uh, nothing fancy. Yeah. He does some really good curries and things like that too. Ooh. But uh, I think I think as you can do, it's sort of like. I think if you can make a chicken soup really, really great, you can make anything really great. So I think it's a good sort
0: of it's sort of, standard. Thing it's sort it. of like that song: if you strip it down, and it can be really good on its basics. Exactly. Then you can make anything else good, it's, man.
3: Exactly. It's like they say that which like omelets, one of the hardest things to make. So if you, but it's really not that. It's just a few ingredients. but yeah. It's just it's just how you make it, yeah, uh, yeah, it's that's true. Yeah,
0: for sure, for yeah. sure. Well. Uh, last question: What what are the plans for the rest of 2020? Do you have any concrete plans, or is it sort of a, <laughs> That's a toughie. yeah? Is it just sort of a wait and see?
3: I think, I, yeah, I think it's a wait and see. I, I, I have a, a few other, um, um, a few other live stream things planned, mm-hmm. uh, and but with with a small audience because you can get, I think, I put up to. They're working their way back up to, I think, a hundred people at home. Mm. Uh, I think we're all sort of expecting a second wave, uh, yeah. whatever. But uh, yeah. I think, I think you know, the winter time we're all indoors anyways. So it might really kind of help with the numbers. But uh, I, I don't know. I'm just gonna probably, uh, I'm gonna make a, probably another like rock and roll record with my band nice. at home uh, in Nova Scotia. That's I haven't, have, I've been going through my songs for my time, and I've, I've got so many demos that are that are holding up and. So I think I'm just going to make a bunch of music in different genres and, and just uh, keep awesome. doing that and, and and playing any any kind of shows I can, whether it's digital or driving or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh, kind of just kind of keep the faith and and um, and get a day job. Keep <laughs>
0: keep going until you can get. No, I'm not, not joking. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll keep going until you can get back to that tour life, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I have faith. I think
3: it's really scary, and it's hard not to sort of think worst case. And and uh, you know, I know it's you know it's tough down there with you guys because there's so many people in the smaller space. We're lucky because we don't have this many people in this in, the, in their big space. But uh, I think we're you know going to eventually get through it, like we always do. And uh, it's gonna we're gonna just creep back to. You. It's gonna be different, but I think I don't think live music is. I think it's too big of uh, importance yeah. to people to to no. be gone completely. So you
0: know, no, it'll come back. It'll definitely come back. I have faith too, for sure. Well, yeah, be- I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It's been fantastic. Uh, thank you, man. I don't get interviews this long in Canada.
3: Where, you know, you seem to really care and know me, and that means <laughs> a lot, man. It's uh, it's nice to get that kind of love. Uh, it's the the states it's, uh, it's been a tough enough for me to crack. So getting uh, <laughs> getting the kind of love you've uh, shown is uh, Really great, man. I'm very appreciative.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, like like we said, hopefully after this pandemic, you can you can get down here to Florida, and, and folks can get to see uh, get to see a great uh, live show.
3: Yeah, man. I would love that. Yes, I would love
0: that. Listeners, you can check out all things Matt Mays at mattmays.com or follow him on Instagram at mattmaysmusic.com or Matt Mays Music. Right now, let's take a listen to Dan and Shaniqua off of Dog City right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, yes, Matt Mays. That's right. You just heard Matt Mays off of his new album, Dog City. Say what? That is Dog City right there. Dan and Shaniqua, good stuff. Good stuff. Love it, man. I'll tell you, that Matt Mays—he's an enjoyable guy. More people in uh, sure. more people in Florida need to get to know him. You know, he needs—he uh, needs to not just be a Canadian treasure. He needs to become a Floridian treasure as well. True know? that. That's what I'm saying. And uh, I, I, I would like to know more of what Christine makes besides soup. So true. Um, I will I'd say, like to see her grilling I will, skills. I will say I, uh, I did peruse her Instagram a little bit, and she had like I don't know what you would call it. It looked like stacks of pancakes with fruit and whipped cream, but like I think oh, it was some d- kind of bakery item. Like My cake goodness! Thing? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, it looked it looked You're pretty talking phenomenal. Dirty now. I know. I know. And I was pretty excited about it. And I was like, man, how do you not live with that going on and not gain like 300 pounds? That's a fact. Exactly. <laughs> I would. That's for sure. I definitely, definitely would. But if you guys get a chance, you need to go out, you need to, you need to check out his album soon. It will be on vinyl. But for right now, you can definitely download it. Dog City, anywhere you download music, and check it out. It is fantastic. Okay. Dave, it's time. It's time for the newest segment. Give it to me. What is it? Hmm. Show and tell. Oh, just kidding. Show and we, tell. There we go. You, you know. You know. You know. Jake got the info last week. I had to let him know. I was like, come on, Jake. I know you can't see it. It's radio. Word. That's why. It's it's shoe and
1: tell, my friend. It, Dude, those.
0: It's got a those double meaning. shoes meeting. last
1: night, you pulled those out of the vault. Those yeah. were old. Yeah, right? The
0: 22s, man. I got all kinds. Don't worry. Don't worry. It will go forever. Anyways, (laughs) shoe and tell this week. Here we go. Let me reach down. Grab it out here. What do I have? I've got the Jordan Sixes. The Sixes. That's right. colorway. Oreo, my friend. That's right. Oreo. That is right. The black and whites with the speckled bottoms on the soles. Mm -hmm. Woo. Okay. Let me give you a little. Beautiful shoe. It Very. Very. It's one of my favorite. Now, uh, this is actually my third favorite six. Say though. what? You will see some other sixes during this segment. Here's some other sixes, and this is actually my third favorite out of them. But anyways, Dang. to talk about these, these were originally l- released in 91, of course, mm-hmm. another Tinker Hatfield classic. Uh, and mm-hmm. this, the year that Jordan won these, scoring leader... First-team all-defensive player, first-team all-NBA, mm-hmm. MVP, mm-hmm. NBA mm-hmm. champion, and finals mm-hmm.
1: MVP. Can't get much better than that.
0: Can't get much better than that. He pretty much oh. dominated everything, and he did. Now, of course, this is uh, this is the last Jordan for a very long time in the series of AJs that had the visible uh, airsole. Uh, got it yes. got a visible yep. aerosol in them of course got the cool tongue with the holes in it and got the uh, cool spoiler on the back uh, of the shoe that was modeled after uh, uh, Jordan's Porsche actually yeah yeah oh, yeah now these particular Oreos here these were released in 2010 um, mm-hmm. now the originals, like most of the Jordans in the beginning of the series, had Nike Air on the back. These, since right. they're reissues from 2010, Jumpman yeah, logo. They got the
1: logo. Jumpman yeah.
0: logo. Uh, now, sixes, as I've already said, special for several reasons, uh, but on the list, the ESPN list of top spe- uh, sneakers worn in the NBA history, these only mm-hmm. got 19. Wait, what? 19. Oh, dang. In my humble opinion, That's that is very, very underrated. underrated. Yes. Yes. Totally agree. Exactly. This, this to me, is a top 10 at least. That's a fact. A top 10 at least. And, to me, these scream 90s more than anything. So true. Like, I see these, and I am transported back to the 90s. I mean, Super Nintendo, AOL, and Jordan 6s. Sweet. That is what happens in the 90s. <laughs>
1: You know? True, true, true. Fantastic. Oh, man, that's funny.
0: One of my favorites right there. One of my favorites. Jordan Sixes. Don't worry, guys. More Sixes will come back in that segment. Like I said, we will see multiple that's more only number Sixes. number three.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. third favorite. Exactly. Man, I just got a. I got a delivery this week. My Jordan golf shoes came out oh. the Jordan ADGs. Mm. Must I say... The quality of those is yeah. just, Mwah. yeah. The leather is so crispy; like it just looks premium. We're gonna have premium. We're
0: gonna have to put them on. We're gonna have to put them on uh, Instagram. You're gonna. I'm gonna have to put. Uh, That's right. Put a shot of them on the next shoe and tell so people can know. I got you. People I can got know. you. Good. Good. Okay, uh, Dave. Uh, we got one more um, birthday suit. This is the one I'm most worried about right here. Little okay. little concernicus about this one. It's um, it's not your wheelhouse. It's an actor. I'll try my best, and he's not that famous of an actor. So I oh, gave it I'm only thirty nine percent. Thirty nine. That's, that's uh,
1: bold of you. To now, give me that much. well,
0: now I definitely know you know his brother. Yes. So okay, I'll give you that. So, anyways, born on August twelfth, nineteen seventy five, in Falmouth, Massachusetts. Uh, his parents divorced when he was age nine, and he and his brother, Ben, lived in uh, with his mother. At the age of 18... Him and his brother who? Ben.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yes. At the age 18, he moved to L.A. to pursue, uh, pursue a uh, career in acting, although only after a year, he decided to move back to Washington, D.C. and go to George Washington University. He then transferred mm-hmm. to Columbia in New York, but he ended up wow. never graduating. While he was there, mm. he was asked by Matt Damon to play in the film uh, Goodwill Hunting mm. with okay. his brother. In 2001, he played in Ocean's 11. And he also played in the sequels, Ocean 12 and Ocean 13. In 2007, he was considered a big year for our birthday suit wearer. He uh, starred in the movie The Assassination of Jesse James and in the movie Mm -hmm. Gone Baby Gone. Went on to star Mm -hmm. in other films, Interstellar, uh, Unity, Triple Nine, The Old Man and the Gun, Light of My Life.
1: Name that birthday suit wearer. Oh man, I I didn't see those. You said the 2007 movies. He had his big year, and I didn't see either of those. Well, do so, do, uh, do,
0: do you know who was in who was in Goodwill Hunting with Matt Damon? Hmm. I don't know. I oh didn't what? You have never oh. seen Goodwill Hunting? Oh man. No. You
1: need to uh, add it to the list.
0: Put <laughs> it on your list. Put it on your list. because so that's my COVID a, list. That's an amazing, I mean, that's a Robin Williams classic, and it has his brother oh, okay. in it, Ben Affleck.
1: Ben Affleck. I didn't even know he had a brother. Jeez. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> well, then I know you're not going to get his name. Uh, Casey, oh. Affleck. Casey,
1: Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Turning the big okay. four-five for Casey Affleck. Jeez. Um, well, happy birthday, Casey. I will watch a movie with you in it in your honor.
0: Yeah, Casey uh, is the younger brother of Ben, and uh, you know, you look at his movies. He he hasn't had as a prominent role. Some people have said his uh, movies sure. are a little bit more cinematic. Maybe he's a little bit more theatrical, you know, but he doesn't get the mm-hmm. big roles.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, and well, yeah, he's got a decent resume.
0: Oh, uh, very, very decent. Much better than my acting resume. So true. So you know, combined um, hours. Yep. Um, and he's been vegan since
2: 1995.
1: Wait, what? Crazy. Dang. Yeah, that's but, before vegan was even trendy. It
0: yeah, has been vegan longer uh, than half of his life. 25 years out of 45. Crazy. Man. Crazy. And I had no idea either. He was married to Joaquin Phoenix's sister for like 15 years. Word. Oh, dang. Yeah, Summer. Summer. Yeah, he's married to Summer, Joaquin's brother. Anyways, Casey, happy birthday, 45. Happy birthday. Live it up, man. Live it up. Okay, Dave. That's about it. Word. We got uh, we got some good shows coming up. Got some things in the works. I've got uh, I've got some great bands coming up. We got one next uh, next show called The Lonely Ones. The Lonely oh. Ones. Yeah. They're going to be a, a good band. They got some new songs came out coming out. They just released a new song, of, well, a new song for them. It's a remake of the classic Queen song, Flash. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. going to have them on the show next week. I'm very excited. We got a couple more in the works. Got to work out the schedule. Uh, you know, and 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 we know now. I can't jinx it by saying it too early, so I'm not even going to mention who those people are because if I mention, we will not exactly. They won't we work. could we could lose them. So for now, I'll just give you next week's. We got the lonely ones coming in next week, and then from there, pff, who knows? Still open for the rest of the summer. It's going to be some good guests. Okay, so.
1: yeah. Yeah, Keep your ears open, peeps
0: Keep the ears open Until next week, I have been your host, Doc G With me, the dude that loves evaluating line dancing with me
1: Dave Burls, Berlin We're due for another evaluation, Doc
0: We do, we do Lonely Highway needs to get booked at another line dancing facility I don't know (laughs) I I guess there's a lot of honky-tonks out there that have them Yeah (laughs) Anyways, all right, guys, until next week, zip it up and zip
1: it out. (laughs) Zippity-doo-dah.